So aren't you glad that we um, we fight so hard for these Supreme Court nominees? It's always a big deal in the elections. We go through these um, the nominations. We watch them go in front of Congress, in front of these Democrat hacks. They get abused. Their life gets ruined. Their kids get attacked. Their personal life gets attacked. And uh, we all go to the mat for all of these justices every time. And we always talk. What do I always say on this show? No matter how many we have, we always seem like we're two conservative justices away from having a real conservative uh, court that, I don't know, has some interest in upholding the Constitution when, when it's not followed, I guess. Now, I'm going to preface everything I'm saying with clearly I am not a constitutional lawyer. I am not an attorney. I try to pay attention to most of this stuff as close as I can to give you somewhat of an informed opinion. It's not going to be as informed as 10,000 other people you could go to and listen to. But um, as just somebody who's probably more like the audience who's watching this show than some of those people, it's just, um, I don't know, I fear for the direction of the country. I, 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 if you, when you can, when a state can change the playing field, when the Democrats can go in a year before the election, change the playing field, disregard the state constitution, disregard the fact that the legislature is supposed to be the one that sets the, the, the playing field for how these elections happen. Article 2, Section 1, Clause 2, we've been over it till we're all sick of talking about it, that the electors are chosen, the state legislature decides, and you can... You can have rogue j- judges, Supreme Court, state Supreme Courts, like you have in Pennsylvania, five to two, these ridiculous decisions. And then you have this and you have today, they strike again. And uh, not one of the Trump appointees was even willing to hear the case. Not one. Seven to two. Alito and Thomas were willing to at least hear it. But as I saw pretty amusing on Twitter. So just so I understand what the Alito Thomas blurb is about, SCOTUS is effectively saying, get off my effing lawn. And Alito and Thomas are like, well, you're welcome to ring the doorbell, but there's no way we're going to open the door for you weirdos, which is basically on a level that I can understand what they did. And that's basically what they did. And it's so frustrating you look at these Democrat appointee judges, wherever they are, whatever, appellate, Supreme, they always, you just, you know how they're going to rule on all of these issues that come up. John Roberts in the last couple of years, you know how he's going to rule. And the conservative supposed justices, the, the Republican appointed justices, of course, John Roberts was appointed by Bush, so there you go. But you have these three appointed by this president, won't even hear it won't even hear it on standing and if it's not standing it's latches and it's all this other stuff and there's plenty of people that will argue that this the whole thing was insane and this was was what was going to happen eric erickson uh david french andy mccarthy they're all told you this was going to happen and so they were right but um it is frustrating to see that you can have fraud on a state level. So I, I don't know what the precedent sets. I, I guess state legislatures, uh, secretaries of state, election boards, governors, just do whatever the hell you want. Just do whatever the hell you want. It doesn't matter. Because the Supreme Court's not going to weigh in on Article 2, at least, when it comes to that. Just do what you want. Let the ballots come in as long as you want. Signature verification out the window. Don't. If you want to change the state constitution in Pennsylvania, just change it. Even though it says it has to go through two legislative sessions consecutive, get approved, be printed in the local paper, citizens have to vote on it. Do none of it. Doesn't matter. Do none of it. Doesn't matter. Supreme Court won't weigh in. Won't even hear it. Won't even hear the merits, which is what you've seen throughout all of this won't even get to the point where you can present evidence. Just out the door even before. And you know damn well, and I don't care what any of them say, if this was reverse situation and and the Democrats were presenting in front of Democrat uh, judges that were put on the bench by Obama or someone else, 
Every one of these damn cases would get to an evidentiary hearing. Every damn one of them would get there. And uh, not a one. Not a single one, including this one. Which was really the last, um, you know, I know Congressman Kelly and Sean Parnell did what we told you they were going to do, and that was file a full cert of... um, to have the whole court decide on that case, which once again, to me, is as clear-cut as could be what happened in Pennsylvania. And they filed that today, uh, the petition for a writ of certiorari for the whole court to decide. But I wouldn't hold my breath for as long as I could hold it sitting here on camera that the outcome there is going to be any different. And it, it, is, it is beyond frustrating that when these... These judges come up, they go, we, we see them get attacked. And here's the amazing thing is, as I tweeted out, if the Republicans go 0-2 in Georgia, the Supreme Court probably just shot themselves basically uh, with their own weapon, shot themselves in the foot. Because more, more than likely, if you listen to Project Veritas's latest um, recording, the number is, at this point, that the Democrats have in mind is somewhere like 26, 23, 26 justices, they think. Uh, good. So they'll have 17 new colleagues that they can discuss their non-action with here next year or in the next coming years, whatever, in the next four years of the Biden administration. If we go 0-2 in Georgia, these justices who sat there on their hands and said today, let's just get this off our plate so we can enjoy the weekend, We'll have 17 new colleagues coming in in the next coming years. And we'll basically um, make them, well, some would argue kind of like they are now. All, not that all important. Not all that important. Because if you're not going to weigh in on something like this, again, from a non-lawyer, I don't know what you're going to weigh. Well, we know what they'll weigh in on. If guys are guys, if girls are girls, if this, uh, they'll weigh in on everything else. But they won't weigh in on this. So I'm going to try to give you as much feedback and um, live, because we're live here. I think we're the first, well, we're the first ones to really cover it here since it's broke. Um, So I'm going to give you as much in real time as I can find here as we're going throughout the show. Let me stop rambling here. And first of all, welcome back the former executive producer who's since been fired because he's (laughs) never here. That would be one Harry Oates. Harry Oates, how are you? I'm great. I just got off a plane from the D.C. studios, and I figured, hey, let me come on in and hear your rant, and I'm happy I'm here. Yes, it's good to have you back. Thanks for taking me back. I appreciate it. Well, we were going to put a poll, uh, just so you know. Last night, we... um, Sure, you didn't watch the show, so we, we're going to do a poll on whether the I mean, audience. What do, you, what, do you, what do you think I am? I'm sitting at Harry's Bar every night down in D.C. <laughs> yeah, yes, I, I mean, you know, <laughs> yes, exactly, exactly. It's exactly what we think you're doing uh, to see if the audience wanted you to come back. Because as we were mentioning you, I just want you to know right. on social media there was a lot of people who said, "Well, who the hell is Harry?" Well, well guys, I, 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 I'm Harry, and uh, I'm glad to be back. Um, uh, and please accept me back. How, how's that? Yes, that's okay. good. Well, that's a good well, thank start. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Rick Amorati's here with sports tonight. Uh, what's going on, pal? A big day. Well, we got the Wrangler National Rodeo down in Arlington, Texas. A couple ah. of college basketball games live in action. And talk about a big uh, heavyweight unification bout in London tomorrow. Okay. Paul's off tonight. Rick's off tonight. Good night to be off, boys. <laughs> Good guess, night to choose guess to be why off. I'm here. <laughs> yeah. um, so let's let's go through. I mean, I had a bunch of stuff to go through. And then this broke, obviously, which because they didn't want to deal with it over the weekend, I guess. Uh, who knows? Uh, so the order in the pending case, Texas versus Pennsylvania, here's what they, well, so we got more than one line, uh, which we got in the first pen, which Alito gave us in the first, first, uh, Pennsylvania Congressman Kelly denial, one sentence, because you know, this, all this is not that important to put any time into actually telling us what the hell you're thinking or giving us a reason. The American people not nah, denied here. I got to go things to do. Well, today we got a little more. Uh, State of Texas's motion for leave to file a bill of complaint is denied for lack of standing under Article 3 of the Constitution. Texas has not demonstrated a judicially um, cognizable interest in the manner in which another state conducts its elections. All other pending motions are dismissed as moot. Statement of Justice Alito. 
with whom Justice Thomas joins, they said, in my view, we do not have discretion to deny the filing of a bill of complaint in a case that falls within our original jurisdiction, which, of course, this did. See Arizona v. California, 589 U.S., February 24th, 2020. Thomas uh, dissenting. I would therefore grant the motion to file the bill of complaint, but would not grant other relief. And I expressed no view on any other issue. So again, yeah, well, we'll let you come onto the yard. You can ring the bell, but we're not letting you in. So you can look at this as a nine, nothing, basically get the hell out of here. Cause that's basically what it is. That's basically what it is. Uh, Mark Levin says the irony of the Supreme Court's latest duck is that in the end, it may have ruined itself. Well, this is just what I've been telling you and just told you. That is, if the Democrats take both Senate seats in Georgia and Biden is sworn in as president, Schumer has made it clear his intent to destroy the court as an independent institution. Consequently, the court's unwillingness to even hear significant challenges will boomerang. Certainly could. Um, Steve Dace from The Blaze. Only two Supreme Court justices, Thomas and Alito, neither one appointed by Trump, apparently have any intellectual curiosity about the integrity of election law in this country. The longest tenured conservatives on the bench were willing to hear the Texas case. The rest just couldn't be bothered. Some patriots may argue this violated jurisdictional authority, which is what a lot of so-called conservative right-wing yapping seals have been arguing, annoyingly too. In decent times, that would surely matter. These sadly, and this is really the point, right? When you see these people, and it's just so, because they want to they play, they want to play, you know, like Republicans play. Well, the Democrats have no interest in playing that damn way. They're going to cut you off at the knees when you're not looking. And that's his point. In such times, that would maybe matter. These sides, sadly, are not such times. And those shredding our Constitution and defecating on our way of life as we speak will laugh while continuing the Great Reset unopposed. So we will continue honoring details of a process that no longer exists while the spirit of the age proceeds to the culmination of its long march through the institutions with reckless abandon. And those of you who are quietly pleased with this because you want Trump gone, but don't want to say so, better be right that he was the problem because it looks to me like your future nice guy candidate are about to face the same mail-in voter scheme unchecked. In the end, nothing really changes. This morning you found out A.G. Barr is beneath contempt and now the crowning achievement of Trump's presidency won't even hear the case. I guess we'll just keep voting for Republicans to not save America. All right, just getting started on a uh, Friday night. claim the palmist with the palmist who wrote these following words true international average of pressure all right live from studio 6p 17 past the hour <laughs> so we uh spent the first segment talking about obviously the supreme court ruled tonight that they don't want to hear the texas case just please get out get off our lawn get out of here I look down as I'm trying to get uh, feedback, and I see this. New York Governor Andrew Cuomo is under consideration by Joe Biden for attorney general. (laughs) And um, I look at that, and I think, well, I don't know. That's terrible for the country and for the (laughs) Justice Department, but, man, is it great for New York. Get rid of them. I don't know. Others being considered include Doug Jones from Alabama, Sally Yates, and Merrick Garland. I mean, the, the, the Biden slowly developing administration mixed with everything that's going on with his son, mixed with all of them being, um, I mean, 
the CCP is jumping up and down and having 24-hour continuous parties when they continue to see the names that Joe Biden's thinking about putting back into all of these positions. Yeah. No shock, is it, Damon? Uh, It's the old retreads. I guess it's not much of a shock, although when you see Susan Rice's name... And all she's associated with was is lying to the American people consistently, being right in the middle of Benghazi. And we've talked to Mark Osgeist on this show. And you listen to his story, and you think about someone like her and Hillary Clinton and how they handled that and the lives that they destroyed and the other ones that they put in, in like his that almost got killed. And she comes out and lies about it through her teeth from the start. Then she lied about unmasking. All she knows how to do is lie. She lied to Andrea Mitchell to her face when she said, you know anything about this? She said, no. Then, of course, the unmasking gets released and declassified, and there she is on there. Problem is not enough people talk about this, so American people just don't know about this. We had Mark Geist on again uh, uh, on uh, Actual Intelligence today uh, with Eric Reitens, and he he brought up he's on some special committees uh said the same thing. People just aren't aware. People like yourself, Damon, shows like this, networks like America's Voice, got to keep telling the American people, you know, about these people. That, that's the problem. People aren't being educated. Yeah. You're not going to hear it on CNN. You're not going to hear it on MSNBC. You're not going to hear it. And, and lately, you're not even going to hear it on Fox, unfortunately. Well, we talked about it last night, uh, and I replayed October 29th, Rudy Giuliani on this show. When we talked about Hunter Biden, the emails, how it all broke, and you look back on it now, and what we learned yesterday, now, of course, the media is trying to do little quick hits as if they give a damn, which, of course, they don't. It'll be like quick hits, and then that's it. They're off. They'll never touch it again. But when you look back on Rudy, what he said on this show, how accurate he was on everything that was going on, and the media is just a joke. They're just a joke. The most dishonest, corrupt appendage of the uh, Democratic Party. It's not going to get any better. And it's not going to get any better. Not at all. Uh, Alan West, who's been on this show, he weighs in and he says the following. Quote, the Supreme Court in tossing the Texas lawsuit that was joined by 20 other states and 106 U.S. congressmen has decreed that a state can take unconstitutional actions, violate its own election law, resulting in damaging effects on the other states that abide by the law, while the guilty state suffers no consequences. This decision establishes a precedent that says states can violate the U.S. Constitution and not be held accountable. This decision will have far-reaching ramifications for the future of our constitutional republic. And he says the, the following. Perhaps law-abiding states should bond together and form a union of states that will abide by the Constitution. The Texas GOP will always stand for the Constitution and the rule of law, even while others don't. And I mean, to the first part, I don't know about the last part there, but the, to the first part, I mean, that's what people like me who, again, not to sound like a broken record, I'm not the Mark Levin, I'm not Ben Shapiro, I'm not, uh, you know, and Andy McCarthy argues this is what he knew it was going to happen in these people, way smarter and understand this better. But I mean, I can understand enough to know that if the Pennsylvania Constitution says one thing and you don't do it, you know, as a citizen in all these states, we're, we're expected to follow the Constitution. We're expected to follow the laws of where we live. And if we don't follow them, it's, it, it's not the, well, we don't get a chance to just, I mean, we're, we're expected to follow the laws. Pennsylvania clearly says what, how the elections are supposed to go. It clearly says the state legislature. It clearly lays out if you want to change how this happens. As I played you, um, Levin, when he broke down, he says 14 months ago, if you had mailed in a ballot, and it wasn't arrived by this, it would have been fraud if it was accepted. If you had sent it in without a signature and it was accepted, it would have been fraud. If you had done this and it was accepted, it would have been fraud. That's just 14 months ago. Today, all those ballots are accepted. And why? Because the state, Secretary of State, the governor, and then the Supreme Court backing them up, let them change the playing field. So you, you go to the Supreme Court and say, hey, what, what is this? They, they didn't do anything that the state constitution says they have to do. So what precedent does this set? What precedent does this set? 
So if you're um, if you're any swing state, well, let me let me put it a different way because maybe it doesn't even matter. If you have a president who got 11 million more votes than he did upon his reelection, Obama lost four million and got reelected easily. You get 11 million more votes against a guy who barely campaigned, who can barely complete sentences, who stayed in his basement for 75% of the campaign, who um, told African-Americans that if you don't know, you ain't black, who's got a history of racial issues that plague him, besides being a dummy, as uh, Rudy Giuliani told us. All of the problems... And you can create this much chaos and fraud and you can just, in, in Michigan, you can just, Secretary of State could just, just uh, Attorney General, mail out 7.7 .7 million ballots, not requested, just mail them out. They come in, Pennsylvania just changed the law. Nothing happens. If, if Trump can't win this election with the numbers he has and the fraud that's clearly in front of everybody in all of these places... I don't, I don't see how a Republican wins the presidency. I don't ever see how a Republican can win the presidency. Now, Chip Roy in Texas is another one, and who I like a lot, who, who is a fighter, and he was thought this whole thing was garbage too. And I saw today he said, well, this is the outcome we all expected, at least those of us who had any sanity, which I just disagree with, but he says it. But he says, now we can get down to fighting for um, these changes. Well, you don't have any problems in Texas, I hate to tell them, and, and, and you're not going to, you know, places like Pennsylvania, Georgia, Michigan, Wisconsin, Illinois, Nevada, all these places that you have all this fraud, that, that all, none of these state constitutions and the federal constitution was abided by? Who's, who's changing it there back to something that gives any Republican a fair shot to win? Do you think there's not, look what's going on in Georgia for the January 5th race now. They have no handle on mail-in ballots. They have no handle on drop boxes. It's still weighted totally against the Republican candidates. Totally weighted against them. They have, it's going to be the exact same thing as it was in November. And anyone expects it to be any different is fooling themselves. I don't care how radical the two running there are or prove to be. It's going to be no different. And like Chuck Schumer says, they take Georgia, they change the world. And that's their mindset. They can see the finish line for revamping and reimagining everything about this country. And if you don't think that, you're fooling yourself. Ending in a great week, 30 minutes past the hour. Not great with the Supreme Court, of course, but not over no yet. choice but to fight on, and that's what we'll do. But uh, I have grave concerns about the direction of the country when you can have this kind of institutionalized fraud, and it just doesn't mean anything. It just doesn't mean anything. I mean, what happened? I, I mean, I can take Pennsylvania. I, it's the one I understand the best, and it's to me the one that's, that's as clear as um, the day is long. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I just, I said, I mean, you always hear about, oh, we're textualists. They got to, they got to interpret what, as it's written. You got to talk it as it's written. Okay. Well, as it's written, it says, this is the way, if you're going to change how the election happens, this is what, this is what it says. None of that happened. So if that doesn't mean anything, then what, what means something? What, what, what document means something? What document, uh, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. Um, all right, we got a lot of other stuff to get to. So the two things I heard out of last night's show um, the most, the emails that came in, were one about Mike Lindell 
They loved everybody loved Mike Lindell last night. As I've now recoined him, Mike. One question, Lindell. Um, He's a great guy. He really is. And um, and then doc, the doctor we played. People want more of the doctor, and I have more of the doctor. He gave Which another doctor? interview after he got out of his congressional testimony, and I I did a lot of looking into this ivermectin that he uh, talked about. I looked into a lot of studies of it today, and I've got some more of the doctor here. But we have to get. Joe Biden was on the um, in front of the camera today, and you always know that means it's a probably a good crazy town. <laughs> and I'm a Geo put this together. It might be the best crazy town I've ever seen. <laughs> it is so funny. Uh, Joe Biden was out talking today, introducing his um, CCP cab, um, his uh, administration <laughs> cabinet that he's thinking about more people. And um, here's a little. Here's the highlights of how it went. Roll it, G. Yeah. Black and, teen, black and Latino unemployment rates, too, hot, too large, too high. <laughs> <laughs> the children in America are facing hunger, particularly for communities of color. Culture, communities of color. <laughs> we have to be able to build wealth in communities of, cult, of color. We'll also work closely with our Secretary of, Designee, our Secretary of Defense designee, Lloyd Austin. <laughs> and quality affordable homes for all end of quote <laughs> I think I'm kidding I'm not I can't but this guy get out the hell out of here God it's insane he's he insane. reads <laughs> and he's reading a teleprompter which makes it even more crazy he's reading the teleprompter gee I don't know what's going on the screen but it's wacky there you go uh he reads the teleprompter, and I guess they must write in there, end of, like, end of quote, when he's reading the quote. <laughs> so they write in there, that's the end of the quote, Joe, and he reads it, end of quote. This guy, I can't, I just, I just, I can't. I mean, four years of this, I guess, is the only way to look at it. I got four years of crazy towns. Every week, every day, every day, we're going to have another crazy town for he you. He can't say, I mean, he can't. Say any? I don't know. Play that one more time, G. I just can't with this one. Black and teen, black and Latino unemployment rates too hot, too large, too high. Ooh. <laughs> of the children in America are facing hunger, particularly for communities of color. Culture, communities of color. <laughs> we have to be able to build wealth. In communities of, cult- of color. We'll also work closely with our Secretary of Designee, our Secretary of Defense Designee, Lloyd Austin, <laughs> in quality, affordable homes for all. End of quote. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm not. I cannot. I just can't. What is she doing? She's got to be laughing. Oh my God. End of quote. I see a new t shirt, Big D. End of quote. End of quote. End of quote. That might be a good one. End of quote. So there's a. End of Joe. I mean, there's a Joe Biden. Vegas is going to be taking odds on how long he's going to be in office. When is Kamala going to take him out? Do you know I tweeted today because of the media. Well,. They took a quick, like, uh, quick hit at the Hunter Biden thing yesterday, you know. And uh, if you remember back before the election, Nancy Pelosi brought up the 25th Amendment. And um, people speculated that, no, 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 it's not about Trump. It's, she's setting the groundwork for Joe yeah. if he was to win. And, of course, I kind of chuckled at it then before. But this is what I'm saying. Even about their judges. You you know how they're gonna you know how they play the game you know how they vote and if you don't you better learn because you will get chopped up and burned down on the way through because they stick together and they just do whatever they have to do to get to the finish line. So I was thinking about this yesterday. How much? Well, I don't know. Not th- I guess kind of throwing Joe under the bus yesterday with the whole Hunter Biden thing that the media took political took a pretty hard shot and some people and I'm thinking to myself. Well, I mean, I just wonder if if now that they're there, the next thing they do is try to set up, get this guy the hell out of here. It's looking and a lot get to like President that. Harris, which is is at the play all along. I mean, 
I don't know. It's probably far-fetched. But You're not uh, the only one saying that, Damon. A lot of people have been saying that in Washington. It's just a setup to get it rid of him. They said, John Solomon even said that as soon as, as, soon as the elections are over, the Hunter Biden stuff is going to be out. And, it, and it's right. It's coming out. It's, it's, it's coming out slowly, but his, his brother, uh, his son, they're digging deep into him. The so, idea that Hunter Biden is under investigation, um, a, grand journey, a grand jury was impaneled, and Joe Biden didn't or doesn't didn't know about it is a f- just is a flat lie and inconceivable to be believed by anyone with an IQ higher than 10. The idea that his brother and this medical business, whatever they're he's into, was under investigation and Joe Biden as his brother. I mean, we hear how Joe Biden talk about how close the family is. The fact that his brother is under investigation and the idea that Joe Biden didn't know about it is nonsense. Tony Bobolinsky, very credible, I think most people would say, comes out and says, Joe Biden says he didn't know anything about um, Hunter Biden's and dealings and that. I can tell you flat out that's a lie. I don't think there's any reason not to believe him. So this idea... That all of this is about Hunter Biden and Jim Biden is nonsense. This is about Joe Biden and the fact that he has lied continuously. He lied in the debate. He lied to Axios. He's lied to everybody about this. When he was asked, do you know what your uh, son's been into? He has lied, continuously lied. And if this were back and the roles were, well, we know what the roles were reversed and the impeachment committee was being put together before Trump even took the oath. Now, will that be the same now? I I doubt it. I doubt it. But uh, the issue here is not Hunter Biden or Jim Biden. The issue here is Joe Biden. And it'll be interesting to see how much of an issue the Democrats are going to make this. Huge. Well, I don't know about that. Well, we'll see. I, I, I think so. They want her in. We'll they, see. They want President uh, I can Harrison. tell you who's, who's happy either way. And that's China, Iran, Russia. They're all happy. They're jumping up and down the idea of Joe Biden, Kamala Harris, Tony Blinken, Susan Rice. They're excited about all of them. All China clapping seals, all of them are all in on China. Don't call it the China virus. Remember that? He shut down uh, travel from China. What was he called? Xenophobic from Joe Biden. He was called names from all these people. Susan Rice couldn't run to MSNBC's cameras quick enough to to call out all of these things that he did. Is there anybody who thinks that Joe Biden would have made any of the moves that President Trump made throughout this? Again, I take you back to H1N1. I take you back to Ron Klain. What did he talk about? What a disaster it was. Bunch of nice people doing the best they can. They almost killed everybody. That's his own chief of damn staff. It's going to be his chief of staff again, too. So all these people. China's doing this with the idea of a Susan Rice back in place. John Kerry. John Kerry back at a cabinet level level position. Wonderful. He was so right about the Middle East when he told us. It's my other crazy down today. I just got reminded of that. How off he was. How clueless he was. Worst Secretary of State ever. And that includes Hillary Clinton. So that's saying something. Let's play that other, uh, let's play that other crazy town. G, roll that. There will be no separate peace. Oh, yeah. Between Israel and the Arab world. Sure. I want to make that very clear to all of you. 
I've heard several prominent politicians in Israel sometimes <laughs> saying, well, the Arab world's in a different place now. We just have to reach out to them and we can work some things with the Arab world and we'll deal with the Palestinians. No, 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 no and no. no, no. Never. I can tell you that reaffirmed even in the last week as I oh. have talked to leaders oh, of the Arab community. Sure. There will be no advance and separate peace yes. with the Arab world without the Palestinian process oh. and Palestinian peace. Really? Everybody needs to understand that. <laughs> yeah, well, there's only four deals done now. Idiot. <sighs> He's going to be back. Oh, wonderful. Boy, oh boy. Swamp, Joe Biden wants to get back into... Back. Uh, he wants to get back into the Paris Climate Accord. He wants to get back into the Iran deal. He wants to get back. Maybe he's going to load another plane and drop it full of cash over there, too. Yeah. Oh, China and Iran and Russia are just, I mean, come on. Uh, uh, the video of the Chinese businessman talking in front of those people where he said what suckers they were dealing with over the years until Trump got here. You can't find that video anymore. Can't find it. It's totally gone. Absolutely, totally vanished. From every place it was. Now, luckily, I have a copy of it, but uh, you can't find it anymore. But the whole damn party's all in. It's not just Biden. He's the leader. And everybody who puts in there is going to, look at Swal, look at uh, Fartwell. Bang, bang with the fang, fang. What's going on with him? Look at him. Look at Feinstein. That's great. He's all in. Feinstein's got a driver for 20 years. Wearing a camera on his lapel pin. She doesn't even notice it. By the way, she says, uh, slow down there with the uh, I'm losing it thing. I'm, I'm, I'm fine. Oh, yeah. You look at what's going on in, with universities. We talked about, I read you that article from um, Shipwreck Crew, my favorite new uh, author from Red State. You think, these, you think all of these, citizens, all these kids coming over from China are over here because they... Uh, they're going to university because they just they want to just uh, learn better English. No, no. As he said, every single one of them is an asset. Every single one. I don't know. friend of mine um just sent me this steve my friend steve no not your oh, friend oh, steve I my friend steve can i continue without you. you butting in and interrupting Maybe. me okay give it a shot <laughs> and go <laughs> he says i am so devastated over these policies not for me but for my children i've seen the greatest of this country as an adult i believe in my heart that they will never experience this for themselves and their children i pray to someone greater than myself to show them the wisdom god loves those who feel as i do so um you know and i can understand i can understand all feelings tonight honestly um if you're optimistic I, i'd love to know what you're optimistic about i'm still optimistic that it's a great country i'm still optimistic that we are are a great people that's the, the their most beneficent citizenry anywhere on god's green earth of course i'm optimistic about that but the people who are pulling the strings i have great concern about the direction uh and our ability to um keep the republic together i i believe see here's the thing i believe chuck schumer when he says if we win georgia we change the world i believe him I believe AOC when she says everything's on the table. I believe Benny, uh, Bernie Sanders when he says that, um, that they want to reimagine all this stuff, that, that we need to spend $10 zillion. I, I mean, I believe them. I believe all of them. I believe they think we're all going to die in 10 years from, from climate change. I, I believe them when they talk. I, I just do. When someone shows you who they are, believe them. Isn't someone smarter than me once say that? 
So I guess that's the difference. Uh, if they go 2-0 and in Georgia, I have great concerns about what the country looks like in the next two to four years. I just do. And I don't, I don't see how you can't. There will be nothing to stop them. The Senate will be basically a non-event at this point. They get rid of the filibuster. There's no reason for the Senate at that point. They pack the court. There's no separation of powers. We'll be ruled by the court. This will be the, the United States of California. They'll put every radical piece of legislation through. They'll stuff the courts with like-minded radicals. And they'll have backup on any of this legislation at the courts. Look at what's going on right now. With this, they get backup from the courts on everything they do. I mean, if you can't see that, I don't know what, I mean. All right, let's do some sports here with uh, Rick Amorati. What's going on, pal? All right, Big D. Well, we're going to lighten it up a little bit with the rodeo. And then once the rodeo is done, we're going to start covering curling. I promise. I have a lot of requests for curling, believe it or not. But there's nothing, no action on that yet. Like curling we, your hair? No, curling, you know, like uh, with oh, the ice in Canada. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, that's a big, big game. All right, so Wrangling National Finals rodeo wrapping up tomorrow. Uh, got a couple of more days to go here. Round eight results from last night. Uh, Globe Life Field, Arlington Texas and bareback riding Jess Pope on explosive skies scored an 89. Top prize on all these events, $26,231 per event. Saddle Bronc, right or right, American Hats positive times, 8080 scored. Bull riding Ty Wallace on Soy El Fuego, 89 and a half. And steer wrestling, Big D, Blake Knowles, 3.6 seconds. Not too bad. Uh, also on team roping, Colby Lavelle and Paul Eves did it in 4.3 se- seconds. Tie down roping, Hunter Heron, 6.8 seconds. And let's go to Bauer Racing. Quite a story there. Uh, Haley Kinzel again last night, 16.56 seconds. In the first eight rounds, Kinzel has four first place and two second places. She's made $146,000 just this week. Winning, so that girl could really uh, she's she's something else in that barrel racing. So that's it for rodeo. We'll keep an eye on. I'll have a report on Monday for the wrap up with that on uh, tomorrow. Okay. Okay. A little uh, college football, Big D. Arizona State all over Arizona, forty-two to seven. Pac-12 South. Um, that game is just completely out of hand at halftime, forty-two-seven. So we over under whoever had that's got won it. And North Texas thirty-one to twenty-one over University of Texas El Paso. Right now in the third quarter. And a little college basketball. Uh, number eight, Creighton, who's really starting to come on. 80 to 58 over Nebraska. We got uh, Villanova over Georgetown, 68 61, a little after, a uh, little early in the second uh, half. And uh, right now, Kansas is just destroying o- Omaha, 85 48. Uh, tomorrow, Army hosts Navy for the first time in 77 years. Uh, the 121st meeting between the service academy rivals is Saturday, and this one will be very different because the COVID-19 pandemic. For the first time in 77 years, the game will be played at West Point's venerable Mikey Stadium. Both schools agreed to move it from the customary site in Philadelphia after tennis limits were placed on outdoor events in Pennsylvania because of concerns over the novel coronavirus, and it was Amy's, uh, Army's turn to be the host, the host team. Navy 3-6 and six leads Army 7-2. and two. Uh, It's 61 52 and seven in the series, which started in 1890. 1890, when West Point cadet Dennis Mikey accepted a challenge from Navy to play a football game. The midshipman arrived at West Point by ferry, and with one year of football experience to none for Army, they easily prevailed 24 to nothing. President Donald Trump is uh, expected to attend the game tomorrow as well. And one more big D, heavyweight championship from the SSE Arena, London, England, tomorrow, 5.30 uh, uh, Eastern time. Anthony Joshua versus Kubrat Pulev. And that fight, Joshua is 23-1. and He resides in London and is the defending unified WBA, IBF, IBO, and uh, world champion. And he's facing the IBF mandatory challenger, Pulev, who's 28-1. Um, this is the big one, Big D. And then if, if he does win Joshua, then they're expecting a huge unification bout with WBC champion Tyson Fury in the cards for 2021. And like it or not, that's going to be a mega, mega fight. This fight could be seen on uh, Dazone, so you can pick that up tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, it's a huge fight. <laughs> Picked on Dagzone. Dag, Dag, well, you know, okay. Big that's, D, yeah, well, that's good. it's not wow. prime time. You're going off UK, which is 10.30, oh. 5.30 our time. Boxing is, uh, uh, the state of Fox boxing is yeah. It's yeah. pathetic. Yeah. It's just pathetic. 
but, that's uh, a wrap in whatever. sports for this sake. This segment. <laughs> nothing, <laughs> nothing else, Rick? <laughs> nothing else happened? Ah, that's, that's good. That's, huh? that's good. Uh, Harry Oates is here. Town. Hey, the, um, Big D, how are you, my friend? We're going to run Mike Lindell at the top of the hour because a lot of people still asking me for Mike Lindell who missed him last night. So, gee, we'll run that right at the top of the hour in segment one of hour two. And then we've got Dr. Um, I can't remember his name. Pierre Corey. He is the doctor that I played you yesterday. Uh, brought to my attention for the first time, this Ivermectin, listening to him talk about how effective it has been. He did another um, interview with a local Fox station that I found today that I'll, I'll play you. Uh, also fascinating, a passionate doctor. And, um, you know, the question is out there. You look at what the governor of New York today does. Basically That's it. finishing off over. the restaurant industry in New York City. I mean, there's going to be nobody left. There's going to be no restaurants in New York City. The city is going to hell so fast, and California is going to hell so fast because of these tyrants who think this, this power that I don't know where they think they get it. Nobody challenges it. It never ends. They're ruining people's lives. People have worked their whole life. It's hard enough to own a restaurant in New York with the rent you damn pay and everything else, the overhead to make it work. And there's no science no science, none, that tells you that this needs to be done. None. Zero. It's cowardness is what's doing it. That's what it is. Mr. I wrote a book. Mr. Fauci, oh, New York didn't have to do it right. What I show you? Now he sees this. And you know what? He's a coward. That's what it is. And now he's shutting everything down again. Because he has, he has no grasp on science. He's talking to Fauci and that's it. He's not talking to anybody else that has been with patience on this disease. But what, what has he spoken to people that had the disease? Like me. I had, I had COVID. And, and you know what? I, three weeks, four weeks, aches, pains, you know, uh, little digestive issues. I mean, I, I didn't feel the great. But when I had a double ammonia in 2011 that put me in the hospital where I couldn't breathe for two weeks in intensive care was worse than COVID. Now, I'm, I'm not, you know, listen, COVID has killed people, but so is pneumonia, you know, and somebody gave me ammonia. Studio 6B, 17 past the hour on a Friday night. I got pictures I could show you. But Harry Oates here. <laughs> Harry Oates is in the house. Bringing in a global audience, Harry global, Oates. Is. Global. <laughs> uh, my friend Agnes from Poland's watching right now. Yeah. And uh, we got it all over. Harry's got people all over the place watching. So, But yeah, I was with Papa John yesterday in the DC studio. Yeah, so let's. Let, we haven't spent any time on this. I mean, I mean we're not going to talk all night about the Supreme Court because we've. You know, address that. I've got other things I want to get to. So this Papa John story is one of the one of the things I want to get to. So he was with our own John Solomon this week in our DC studio. So uh, what's the background here, Harry? Do you know the background? So he was obviously, you know, started grew Papa John into a huge empire. Yep. And then he was accused of basically, um, basically being a racist, racist wasn't he? Saying the N word on a private. On a private company call. Board meeting, private company board meeting call. And uh, as he explained, pretty much uh, he was using a reference from Colonel Sanders and and they claimed to use the N-word and they stopped the audio recording and released that. Meanwhile, the media, the the media, the media, and, and as he says, his own board members. That wanted him out of his own company that he started from the ground up with, you know, a a success story, you know, from nothing to something. And then they asked him to, after all that, he stepped down and and was out of his own company. It was terrible. So former FBI director Louis Free, Mm -hmm. I guess, has been looking into this and came out came out with a report saying that the media basically um, 
Buried him. Buried this with a, almost, I mean, there's this fake news, buried him with this story, and that they found basically no, um, nothing of the sort. No, nothing. Zero. Nothing. Nothing. In all of the research that the FBI did. All made up. And, and John Solomon's been working on the case for a few, you know, for, for a while and, and, and broke the story yesterday. So here's our own John Solomon with um, John Schnatter, uh, better known as Papa John. Roll that, G. When you hear those comments from the former director of the FBI, somebody that's revered by both Republicans and Democrats, and he's condemning the media and literally turning the story around the way we first heard it two years ago, what was your first reaction? Well, um, you know, just a really a relief uh, that somebody finally got it right, somebody of Louis' uh, stature and uh, credibility. I mean, when you have the best of the best uh, exonerate you and, uh, you know, say this is not what happened, this is not true, this is false, it, it pretty well exonerates you and it, it sets you free and it was just a real blessing and a great day for me. It was, and it's now been about 48 hours, and it seems like that word is starting to seep out. I've heard from a lot of people, I'm yeah. sure you have. Do you think the public perception that was so mm -hmm. drilled in by the news media that there was a race problem at Papa John's, we now know that wasn't the case, that that will reverse itself over time? Is this the beginning point for reversing the story and getting the truth out? Um, maybe I'm a, an optimist by nature. Um, I always try to look at the bright side. Right. I think a lot of people thought from the get-go, this doesn't add up. This doesn't make sense. There's too many things that just don't hang together and so a lot of, I think a lot of folks question this and we're a little uh, skeptical of it I think what this does is solidifies that yeah they were right there wasn't anything to it it was a farce it was uh, fabricated and uh, the folks that probably were thinking the other way probably saying oh okay you know he's exonerated he, he didn't do it and uh, you know let's put this behind us behind and us. move on yeah, yeah. The, um, a lot of the folks who didn't believe that were actually quoted in uh, Director Free's report. He did sort of an FBI background check. He not only went through the transcripts and showed the news media got it wrong and you never said the things you were accused of saying, he went through 40 years of your life, former FBI director, yeah. that's pretty impressive. <laughs> he talked to a lot of African-American leaders, particularly in Louisville where you grew up and where your yeah. iconic business was formed. And to, a, to the person, every one of them said, this portrait we knew was wrong. We know John Schneider. Yeah. He's been a community leader. He's been engaged with us. And they said something else that really struck me. They were angry that the yeah. media didn't come to them and ask him, do you think that John <laughs> Schneider has a problem? It actually turned the entire story around on the media from the people who were supposed to be the victims of this. What was your reaction to hear all those people from your past life talk that way about you? Well, it was, it was emotional. It, it touched my heart to, um, uh, to know that we've been involved uh, with the black community in a very positive way for generations. Um, yeah. Back to my father, back in the, the 50s and 60s. And they, you know, they were by, behind me and beside me, uh, shoulder to shoulder throughout this. And, um, you know, there was a lot of nights that you're laying in bed with tears going, my gosh, how'd they do this? How, how in the world did they, they paint me in this box? Because there's no, no truth, none, right. not a nilch. Um, and um, the, the black community, the black leaders, um, I love them and they love me and they stood by my side and they went to bat and uh, they talked to Louie and Louie just kind of shook his head and said, how in the world did they pull this off? And uh, I said, well, when you figure it out, let me know. Yeah, well, how does the media pull anything off? They just do what they want to do. We hear the, uh, the tapes of uh, Jeff Zucker on with his people through Project Veritas. Um, telling them to stay away from the Hunter Biden story. So they do what they want to do, and, there's, and they, because they, they're an appendage of the Democratic Party, they move together, they report together, they talk, you know, they, they attack together, and then um, there's no repercussions ever from anything. So that, that's how they get away with it. It's uh, Nancy Pelosi and the wrap-up smear. Throw it out there. One of our friends in the media reports on it. Then we point to that and go, say, well, look, the Washington Post is reporting on it. It's got to be true. Look, the New York Times is reporting on it. It's got to be true. So they've got that down to a science. And they don't, care about, they don't care about ruining this poor guy's life, getting him thrown out from his own company, taking him from the company he built, ruining his reputation, or at least trying to. And then, you know, a lot of people aren't in the position to, to fight a fight like this. Or make it through however many years this has been. Three years, I think, right? 2017? It's at least that, I 18, bet. 18, I think it started. Media doesn't give a damn. These reprobates in there. All they care about is no. 
getting their guy in or, or winning, whatever they got to do, getting the most clicks, winning the next election or whatever. What do you think of the whole Facebook thing? Well, we addressed it a little bit last night. Yeah. I, I mean, again, do we think anything is going to uh, happen to Facebook? I have no idea. I'm just shocked. I know. Last I heard, 48 states are, are backing this, which I, I know this. I saw something that um, there was some filing that Facebook had to respond to today, and they didn't even bother responding. Oh, well, they got they got and, so much um, money, they don't care because they, they I think they it. thought this whistleblower had turned over so much information to this whoever the plaintiff is that they just didn't even. Uh, this is different from the antitrust suit that was filed from the government. This is, I think this is a, a individual who has a suit, and they didn't even respond. And they didn't even respond. Today was the day. Um, so who knows? I mean, it's so... Big tech is out of control. But this is, again, it, go, it goes to the bigger picture of where we are in this country. When you've got, um, you've got governors, you've got secretaries of state, you have attorney generals, you know, and everybody's on attorney general bar, speaking of attorney generals, and I'm not so quick to be there with everybody on bar. And I know that, you know, the problem is we're used to the Obama administration justice department, how that was run with Comey and, um, you know, attorney generals in the past who everything was, everything leaked. They didn't, they got involved, called me with the whole Clinton email, no, you know, right before the election. So to me, you can certainly be upset with Barr. You can certainly be upset with Durham. You can certainly be upset with a lot, but I don't know. I'm, I, I still think Bill Barr is one of the more principled men ever to serve. And I think that basically what he did here with the Hunter Biden thing, not letting it get out in the last year before the election is probably how the Justice Department is supposed to work. It's probably how we want it to work. And we were used to the complete opposite in the Obama administration. And of course, again, Democrats play a different game than Republicans play. And that is frustrating. And everybody wants Republicans to play on the same level as the Democrats, but that's just... Number one, I don't know if it's possible. Number two, I don't think they have the uh, spine to do it. And maybe we shouldn't want them to have the spine to do it when it comes to certain things. Not to stoop to that level. I don't know. It's frustrating, though. All right, live from Studio 6B on a Friday. A couple more segments. We'll wrap it up for the week. Glad you're in Real America's Voice. Six be on a Friday night, thirteen to the hour, baby. Hey, Harry Oates in the house. Hey guys, how we all doing? I no, you're you. not supposed to talk. We don't. We just <laughs> <want to> talk. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> it's time for sports, Harry. I know you're a big sports fan. And uh, let's hear it with Rick. Who's going to the uh, Super Bowl this year, Harry? Are uh, the Yankees uh, or the Red Sox? Nets. The, the Mets, Mets are going to the Nets, 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 okay. Nets, not oh, the Mets. Nets. Oh, the Nets, Nets are going to the Super Bowl. Nets. Oh, Nets Brooklyn Nets, Bowl. all Brooklyn the way. Nets. Brooklyn Nets. Okay, very good. <laughs> Wrong sport, but nice try. All right, let's do sports with someone who actually knows something about sports. That'd be Rick Amorati. What's going on, pal? All right, Big D. Well, one college uh, football game that's really out of hand is that Arizona State Arizona game, sixty-three to seven at the end of the third quarter. Oh, Unbelievable. Wow. Running back Rashad White for Arizona uh, State has uh, one hundred and thirty yards and three touchdowns in three quarters, so that game is out of hand. Um, don't forget, tomorrow night, 8.30, MLS Cup Finals Soccer Championship will be crowned. Seattle Sounders visit the Columbus Crew at Columbus Crew Stadium, 8.30 Eastern Time. And a couple of finals in uh, college basketball with the men. Uh, West Virginia, uh, 62 over North Texas, 50. Creighton, 90-74 to 74 over Nebraska. And uh, Villanova, 76-63 over Georgetown. And Kansas, number five Canvas, 95 to 50 over Omaha. 
Um, MMA, tomorrow night, Big D, UFC 256, flyweight division, Davison Figueroa uh, versus Brandon Moreno at the UFC Apex in Las Vegas, 10 o'clock tomorrow night on pay-per-view. Figueroa is a minus 330, and Moreno's a plus 260. Pretty good bout, Big D. Moreno's 18-5, and five and uh, Figueroa is 20-1. Uh, and one. That's the headliner on a pay-per-view? Yeah, flyweight, 10 o'clock tomorrow night. Okay. I think you should save your money and order the Anthony Joshua fight at 5 No, no, no. I'm, I'm UFC all the way. I'll order UFC before I order any boxing. Okay. Our, our, our most popular item on the sports list with our, with our crew here is, um, and with our followers, I should say, is college football tomorrow. The best. So we got a couple of cancellations, unfortunately. But we do have uh, number 21, Utah, visiting Colorado. Um, number one, Alabama, visiting Arkansas. Who you got there, Harry? Alabama, Arkansas. Arkansas. Okay. I'll and you know Navy. Harry doesn't know anything. Right, there's a Navy Army game something tomorrow. Yeah, Army Navy, yes, Army, Army Navy, yeah. Harry. Yeah. Army is a seven point favorite, Harry. Who you got? Army. Okay. Okay. Well, to win the game or cover the seven? You think they're going to win by more than seven? Definitely cover the seven. Okay. All right. Yeah, all right. Yeah. Harry's got Army by more than seven. Hey, Army's home. They're at West Point. Uh, and I number- will be all over Navy plus seven. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> yeah, no, Navy's going to win that game. <laughs> going away. I said that. Uh, number nine, Georgia, uh, and number 25, Missouri, are right, going at it tomorrow as well at noon. You got, like we said, 3 o'clock tomorrow is the Army-Navy game on CBS, Eastern Time. And uh, number 17, University of North Carolina at number 10, Miami. Should be a good game, 3.30. Number 22, Oklahoma State at Baylor. And uh, number 16, Wisconsin at Iowa. Those games are all at 3.30. Um, and an auction winner, return uh, items to Cincinnati. Reds legend Johnny Bench. The winning bidder on over $1 million worth of memorabilia from a recent auction of Johnny Bench's personal collection is returning the items to the Hall of Fame catcher with whom he has been friends since 1967. Now, there's a little tie-in for me, too, because this is a Sixers fan that did this, and that's businessman Alan Horowitz, a fan of the Philadelphia 76ers who sits courtside at home games wearing his sixth-man jersey. Successfully bidded for Bench's 75 and 76 World Series rings as well as his 70 and 72 National League MVP awards and his 68 NL Rookie of the Year award. Bench had sold those items in order to pay for both of his son's college education. He felt that it was no more a need for that in his home. It was just possessions, and he wanted to cash that in to help his sons out. Well, Aaron went and donated. Alan went and donated that back to. Uh, Johnny Bench, who is now putting that in the Hall of Fame in Cooperstown, uh, as well as the Reds Hall of Fame and Museum and the Oklahoma Hall of Fame. Uh, Bench, who turned 73 this week, told the AP Press that he planned to use the auction items, as I said, for his sons. And uh, the only question that Alan Horowitz asked was, could he please meet Bench's two boys, which I thought was really kind of cool. So that's the story on that. And then Thursday Night Football, just real quick, we're going to go back 24-3, L.A. Rams over to Patriots. Uh, Jared Goff all over it, 16-25, 137 yards and one touchdown. Really, the guy who was all over it was running back Cam Akers. That boy had 171 yards on 29 carries. First place in the West, however, Seattle is hosting the New York Jets, and uh, I don't think the Jets are going to be able to beat the Seahawks out there in Seattle. So I think they'll both be sitting at 9-4, and four, Big D, but the, the uh, I'm Jets, with you. The Jets couldn't beat you, me, Harry, Chris, uh, Gio, and Fran. So, I mean, they're certainly not going to beat Seattle. That's it. And Big D, that's a wrap in sports. Have a good weekend. All right, thanks, uh, Rick. Uh, the president put out a video, none of us has seen it, about 11 minutes ago, and here it is. I have really good news. Today, our nation has achieved a medical miracle. We have delivered a safe and effective vaccine in just nine months. This is one of the greatest scientific accomplishments in history. It will save millions of lives and soon end the pandemic once and for all. I am thrilled to report that the FDA has authorized the Pfizer vaccine. We have given Pfizer and other companies a great deal of money, hoping this would be the outcome, and it was. On behalf of the American people, I'd like to thank all of the brilliant scientists, technicians, doctors, and workers who made this all possible. Pfizer and Moderna have announced their vaccine is approximately 95% effective, far exceeding expectations. These vaccines are also very safe. American citizens participated in clinical trials that were far larger than normal and had no serious side effects. The dedicated and independent experts at the FDA meticulously studied the results of the trials 
and it has now passed the gold standard of safety. Through Operation Warp Speed, my administration provided a total of $14 billion to accelerate vaccine development and to manufacture all of the top candidates in advance. This included a nearly $2 billion investment in Pfizer to produce 100 million doses of their vaccine, with an option to produce 500 million additional doses. And I'm proud to say that we have made sure that this vaccine will be free for all Americans. Through our partnership with FedEx and UPS, we have already begun shipping the vaccine to every state and zip code in the country. The first vaccine will be administered in less than 24 hours. The governors decide where the vaccines will go in their state and who will get them first. We want our senior citizens, healthcare workers, and first responders to be first in line. This will quickly and dramatically reduce deaths and hospitalizations. When the China virus invaded our shores, I promised that we would produce a vaccine in record time before the end of the year. They said it couldn't be done, but with today's announcement, we have now achieved that goal. The United States is the first nation in the world to produce a verifiably safe and effective vaccine. Today's achievement is a reminder of America's unlimited potential when we have the will and the courage to pursue ambitious goals. As I've said from the beginning, a vaccine will vanquish the virus and return life back to normal. The pandemic may have begun in China, but we are ending it right here in America. Operation Warp Speed is the greatest medical manufacturing endeavor in American history. We are deeply grateful to every person who has worked round the clock on this monumental national project to save lives. Thank you all for your tremendous gifts to humanity. God bless you. God bless the United States of America. And God bless the world. Thank you. There you go. The President of the United States. And um, he's absolutely right. And I've said this before. He deserves unlimited amounts of credit for this because no one else could have done this, what he did in 10 months. Something that takes four, five, six, seven, eight years. And um, when the history books write this, some 50, 100 years down the road, if they're honest about it, this will be one of the great achievements uh, of any president to save who knows how many lives. And this is not an argument about vaccine, anti-vaccine, take it, not take it. That's, that's going to be up to you, and that's a whole different argument. But to get through what he, cons- what he called the gold standard, to get something to market that's safe, that goes through what it has to go through in this country to be given to people. And, and we hope that all of that is right and it is safe. It is, uh, he, there's not enough credit he can get for this. As always, we salute our military, active and active police, firefighters, first responders, EMTs, everybody on the front lines. Thanks, G. Thanks, Fran. Thanks, everybody here on the show. Harry, nice to have you back. See you in six months. And uh, we will see you all (laughs) on uh, Monday night, live from Studio 6B, right here on Real America's Voice.